0: Let's not forget, uh, in its glory days, UG was sitting between a Gégère and a Patek. Universal Genève was sold by brands like uh, Hermès and Van Cleef. It is, in my opinion, a a hidden treasure of the watch industry, which unfortunately suffered from the quartz crisis, but has a a tremendous uh, history and heritage and, and even brand identity, I would say.
1: Greetings and welcome to this week's A Blog To Watch Weekly. We have Ariel on the line. Good morning, Ariel. How are you?
2: Good morning, everyone. I am so ready to podcast right now.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm raring to go. I pod- yeah. Just a podcast machine. David, how are you this morning? Very well. Podcast mode engaged. <laughs> the flips are switched. Or the switched yes. are flipped. Or something like that. Anyway, and we have Sylvan, our favorite... Uh, what are what are your favorite, uh, David? what's Sylvan our favorite of guest on the, guest. On the show? <laughs> just favorite guest. We can't do better than that. It's just a favorite guest. Yes, it doesn't get better than that. It Please doesn't get, does not get higher than that. <laughs> anyway, we have Sylvan, creative director of Breitling, uh, with us this morning, and also creative director, owner, general dog's body, does everything of Berneron. What is it actually called? Berneron watches, or is it just called Berneron? He's just called Berneron. Yeah, good morning, everybody. So we're going for the Apple effect, just a single name, just ah, Berneron. He's going to mm-hmm. be
2: making other yes. things in the future. You're going to have a Berneron car and I'm going to be wearing <laughs> some Berneron pants. It's going to be a whole thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> My life is going to be too short for that, I'm afraid. <laughs> but if I can manage to, to build a few good watches that people will enjoy and remember, I would be very pleased about that already.
1: Don't forget the pants. I was going to say, so bad, if your life ends up dividing pa- d- designing patterns for ariel it's it's time to stop it's time to say (laughs) it's time to say the slogan time to stop (laughs) time to stop (laughs) (laughs) anyway we got a little message and we've been trying to keep clear (laughs) the three of us of all of the news wires uh, this morning because sylvan was like guys i want to come on the show next week I'm like, okay, it's normally we ask you, but fair enough. He says, no, you want me on the show next week. Uh, and so we know that that means that there's clearly an announcement coming from either Bernal, well, I don't know, he sold it for a gazillion dollars already, or from Breitling, but we still don't know what it is. So we're going to play, rather than guess the price of the Seiko, we're going to play guess what Sylvan wants to come on the show and tell us about. It's not quite as snappy a title, but... But you get the gist. So we're basically going to play 20 questions with the news. We might not get as far as 20 questions, but it'll be yes, no answers only. So Ariel, you get to go first. Ask Silvana a question, trying to figure out what he wanted to come on the show and tell us. And he's only allowed to answer yes or no. So you're up first, Ariel.
2: Um, there's going to be a new highway in Switzerland named after Breitling.
1: <laughs> <You> <laughs> lots know. of speed cameras. Lots of. Speed Unfortunately, not. <laughs> no. <All right. laughs> <Speed> cameras. <yes. laughs> David, your turn.
3: Oh my goodness. Uh, hmm. That's a really good question, though.
1: About the motorway.
3: I, I, I sort of want Brightling to branch out into more emergencies uh, in other fields of life. <laughs> Just, just emergency brightling equipment.
1: <laughs> Definitely <Different> emergencies. <laughs> just all kinds of, like no. sirens and stuff. Sylvan, <laughs> <laughs> so, are you branching? Is Brightling branching out into more different forms of emergency, like you know, tidal waves, volcanoes, floods, earthquakes? Nope, it's not not nope. that. Okay, is it something? Is it something in Switzerland? Yes. Okay, Ariel, that's a good question.
2: A uh, new train station, named after Brightling. The current all, station? Just
3: leave, leave, leave <laughs> infrastructure out of your mind. Like, can you, can you
1: that? That's
2: all they're proud of.
1: <laughs> new nuclear power station. Uh, so, Van, is it a new train station? No. Okay. <laughs> david is it
3: a new manufacturer no uh, i mean rolex is building new build new stuff new facilities etc so maybe it
2: is part of it but that's not the main bulk of the news okay.
1: but
0: it includes
1: uh,
2: breitling finally gets that second story
1: <laughs> mm. okay i are in switzerland so i uh, just to confirm it is to do with breitling yes Yes. Yes. Okay. It's not. Yes. It's not Burneron. You. You haven't actually sold no, your company no, no. for a million dollars already. No. No. Okay. No. No. So no. Is, is,
0: that it, will it, never
1: happen. It's Breitling.
0: <laughs> it,
2: is I mean, it, Breitling. Could, it could just be Brightling buying Burneron. You know, it could be that.
3: No, Burneron buying Brightling. That's yeah,
2: oh. reverse takeover. <laughs> You're right. That makes so much more sense. Plot twist.
1: <laughs> Ariel, have a guess. Oh wow! Again, a question. Uh, a-, a, question, a question. Don't
2: be infrastructure. Don't be infrastructure. Don't be infrastructure. Um, <laughs> has. Has Breitling now <laughs> followed in the footsteps of Francois Paul Journe and become a restaurateur?
0: <laughs> mm. <laughs> no, it's not that. But but it it is. Uh, I should give a slight clue. Uh-huh. It is basically uh, very
1: important business news about Breitling. Okay, so it's hey. business related. So it's not a new line of watches,
2: David. Oh, jeez. What? What else? Is it like they're finally taking over Swiss Air? It's a- <laughs> That's
1: infrastructure again, <laughs> Ariel. Infrastructure Ariel. Ariel. Leave know, it alone. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can't help myself. Zurich
3: <laughs> Airport now is like a huge Breitling boutique. <laughs> you can only fly through my watch. <laughs> That's such <actually> pretty good, <laughs> David. <laughs> <laughs> also, flights are piloted <laughs> by
0: George Kern. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, okay, that's good. I like that. Is it an IPO for Brightling? No, it's not. It's not an IPO. Uh, I can give a second clue. It is basically a massive news in order to continue and further develop the, the stellar growth of Brightling.
1: Okay, mm. so if you're now you're making not, missiles for wartime again with the infrastructure. If no. you
3: create the emergency, you sell more emergencies.
1: You see? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look out, yeah. Liechtenstein, the Swiss are coming.
2: Being okay. a weapon supplier is not a bad business move these days. Let's be honest. That's true. That's true. That? That's true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so if this you're not doing so an good. IPO, does that mean you're buying somebody else?
0: Yes. Ooh.
1: Wow. Okay, Ariel. Yes, Rick. Right. I think I think Okay, I think we all need to now, I think we all need to now write down our guess. <laughs> okay, so we're not actually on video, so this will just need to be truth. You just need to say the truth. So on the assumptions, I'll ask, I'll jump in As is it another watch brand? Yes. Okay, Brentley, i another watch brand, so gentlemen, write down your guesses. Okay, right, you're your guesses down? Okay. Okay, uh, who should, uh, Sylvan? who do you want to hear from first? Ariel.
2: Uh, okay, well, I, I'm going to say that I, I think that Breitling acquired Carla Bukerware to save Rolex from the awkwardness, just that it's there.
3: <laughs> just <in> the <laughs> of <their> misery, yes.
1: <laughs> that was my guess. So I'll need to be <laughs> <my> <laughs> <misery>. <laughs> Go Do, David. I,
3: I sort of wish, you know, we, we, we've heard all these rumors that some of these big groups like Swatch and Richemont and others would, would be selling off some of their ill-fated and, let's be honest, uh, ill-managed Ill- brands. Um, you know, just swap them around a little bit or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, it, it would be fun to see something along those lines. Maybe, you know, Brightling just purchasing Blampon or just basically taking it over. I'm not sure if Swatch Group would notice anyway.
1: Who would Marco diving with? Not, <laughs> that's hysterical. Can
3: you imagine? They the notice until the next year's like annual report. That's hysterical. <laughs> Still got the logo <laughs> in the annual report. We like, we're, okay. we're not losing quite so much money
1: after all. That's fair we're, we're, we're possibly not taking this as seriously. So I would like to. say My guess was actually genuinely <laughs> Carl F. Bucherer. But I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for. Doxa there we go so right okay no. it's on the basis that it's none of them unless one of us has guessed right has anyone guessed right no
0: no 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 oh. it's, it's not a it's not a brand in an existing group no. uh, hmm. uh, and it's actually not a brand that is uh, I, w- I would say in, in the watch enthusiast spectrum of things considered
1: as active ooh okay, okay. considered right, right, well, as
2: active active okay is it like so the debate not, so if a an, zombie is alive or not what does that mean yeah, <laughs> I guess we're about to find out because Sofan's about to tell us what's going like on. They exist, <laughs> but we're not sure if they're active or not. Okay.
0: Yeah. Oh, it is definitely a brand that the the, the four of us know mm-hmm. and appreciate a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it Minerva? No. Or Eterna? Oh. I was thinking like Samla. Nah. Um,
1: hmm. No, no.
0: Okay.
1: A brand we all know. I try,
0: try to think. In my opinion, it is really the the golden goose, or even the miss of. You know uh, brands that everybody would like to be active again, and and which is not.
2: (laughs) Brugier. Yeah, that's that's funny. Okay, Um,
1: so brands that everyone like to be active again. I mean, Vulcan is active. That was always my favorite. Uh, Oh, who's 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 been in?
2: Favre Liva was for sale, I think. Yeah,
3: but nobody thinks about them, sadly. They've been around
2: for like 600 years, okay? <laughs> 285 <laughs> years, I just go with it.
3: 285 years
1: of non existence, technically. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Elgin? <laughs> Elgin or something? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's an
2: American.
1: Yeah, you can't hey, stress out not to buy the Americans. I... Yeah. Oh, the US know. is an important market for brailing. <laughs> for Elgin. <Yeah. laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know. It is know, a, right? like Swiss, Swiss brand. a Swiss brand. So it's a Swiss brand. So uh, a, a, a slightly underrated Swiss brand that's been in hibernation for a bit.
2: Credit Swiss. <laughs> Credit Swiss.
1: <laughs> 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 that's even better.
3: Could it be Universal Chanel? Indeed. Well guests. You went quick to that. Oh,
2: there we go. That, yeah, I guess no one was doing anything with that. Not so
3: quick. I mean, we went through like half a dozen of freaking brands. When Favre Luba's brand is mentioned, you know you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Hey, it was available. <laughs> that's actually true.
0: No offense to Favre Luba. Um, so, yeah, so, so, so that's the news, guys. Uh, basically, Breitling is acquiring uh, Universal Genev, mm-hmm. uh, which is, uh, in my opinion, really the... the The one and only amazing brand uh, still to to revive. Uh, As you may know, this brand has been tried to be acquired by multiple people over the past decades. No one could succeed. Uh, And George, uh, because this guy is such a force of nature, found a way to make it happen, which is amazing in my opinion.
2: Are we ever going to know that story, Sylvan, about how George made it happen? Or is that going to be one of those watchmaking myths that we're just never really going to know?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, maybe in a few years we could talk about okay, that. Okay, wow. It was a, a really a rock and roll uh, story. I could maybe talk a little bit about it. We, we took mm. a lot of uh, convincing and back and forth and and, and email and then meetings. Uh, George has been working on it for the past two years. Mm. Wow. Who's who owns Universal uh, Universal Shinef now? Uh, so now uh, at this time of this podcast it is now uh, Brightling okay. but uh, before it was owned by a company called Stelix in in Hong Kong. Oh.
1: Mm.
0: and okay. what were
2: they planning on doing with it? Was it just an asset to them?
0: Uh, I think they tried to to revive UG. Mm-hmm. Um Probably not to the extent that they were hoping for, uh, which uh, led the brand to be slightly dormant and and, and active. Uh, and now, thanks to partner group, partners group, uh, the backing of Partners Group and Brightling, and the teams we have in place, we are confident that we we are the ones who can uh, not only acquire UG, but bring it back to its former glory because uh, let's not forget. Uh, In its uh, glory days, UG was sitting between a Gégère and a Patek. Mm -hmm. Uh, Universal Genève was sold by brands like uh, Hermès and Van Cleef, for example. So uh, for the ones who don't know, I I heavily suggest to to research into Universal Genève because it is, in my opinion, a hidden treasure of the watch industry, which unfortunately suffered from the quads crisis, uh, but has a tremendous uh, history and heritage and and even brand identity, I would say.
2: I must ask, because yes, uh, many people who know the brand are familiar with some of the different price points that played out. But I think it's very common when someone acquires a brand that you you, you acquire a brand that doesn't linearly compete with you in the same price points or for the same consumer base um and it arguably it could overlap with Breitling somehow is this is this company going to be priced similarly to Breitling or under Breitling which is what i imagine might be more logical what is is this discussed at all is this known yet
0: yes yes uh, universal geneve will be placed above breitling oh, above breitling has.
2: okay so even mm-hmm. though breitling has some turbulence and stuff like that the 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 universal okay so this is going to be a more elite product is that going to be because of complications is it because of of finishing and and like what what is going to be the basis of the higher value
0: Um, so just to give a a bit of uh, background uh, we've been discussing this for the past two years Uh, georgia strategy is to is to grow uh, the entire company if not the group uh, and to create more value uh, for the entire group uh, we've achieved so much with brightling and, and and now the of course the growth of brightling might will continue at a, at a more reasonable pace because I think it, it grew so fast in the past five years that it would be unreasonable to think that that growth curve could continue as it is uh and and George's strategy if you want to keep, growing as a group and not as a singular brand is of course to to start another project on top which could if you add both growth curves uh, keep an identical uh, growth rate sort of mm-hmm. uh, interesting I, when he told me about this a few years back I thought he was nuts frankly to start with because back then I was uh if you guys remember we've launched so many collections uh, at that brightling in, in the past five years so i was doing you know like uh, super ocean and Timer. i was really in the mix of of making all these new products and he was uh, on a side note saying oh by the way i'm investigating to get a new brand blah 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 what do you think uh, what are the the in your opinion the best brands that we should acquire so we came up with a list and, and Fred Mandelbaum and I always placed Universal Geneva as some sort of the the Joker lane, if you want, or, or <laughs> the, the impossible one to get just as a, yeah. you know, it's like when you write your Christmas list and you say, can I get a airplane or something? And, you know, you might not get it, but just you just put it out there. Why was it considered to be impossible to get? It was impossible to get because uh, in Switzerland you can talk to many people, many groups, and establish brands and stuff. That people tried to get UG for so many years. I like, take an example, for example, you can hear uh, Guillaume Ledé on record saying that he would love to to get UG, for example, and, he, mm-hmm. and God knows he tried. Uh, and and not only Stellex uh, uh, are very demanding on the conditions to acquire bright to acquire a UG, uh, but uh, they are also very um, concerned about what what the the buyer will do with it. So mm. it's a combination of, of both things. It takes a lot to buy it, and it takes a, and and they also want to know and approve what's going to be done with it. Wow! Uh, I,
1: I am curious because I was about to ask about Fred, Mandelbaum. So does this mean he now has to collect all the? Universal (laughs) 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 All all, all the UGs. (laughs) Is this basically because Fred has completed his Panini sticker album of all the Breitling chronographs? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if he already had like an (laughs) extensive collection of UGs. I I actually own all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Is this an inside job, Sylvan? What's going on? What's Fred thinking about it?
0: Yeah, I mean, Fred and I always agreed that uh, Universal Genève was the, the best one by far. We even had both meetings at Breitling where uh, I've been asked, why do you care so much uh, about UG? And I and I and my comparison was always the same. I told them, in my opinion, buying Universal Genève is like when the Volkswagen group acquired Bugatti back Mm. then and they revived it from scratch it's that kind of stupid project like like you you maybe dream about it and 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 if you were ever to do it uh, not only would cost you a fortune to buy it and it would cost you a fortune to do it properly because uh universal geneve is not a brand that you can you know take movements off the shelf and then come up with a mock-up quickly of a product this is actually why it tanked uh when so many people try to revive it uh, because there I say it, I think nobody uh, took it seriously enough so that it could uh, breathe again and, and, and being taken seriously by, by the real watch enthusiasts out there. Uh, there is still a very strong community around uh, Universal Genève. Uh, the timing is actually quite funny because last week the Paul Router book uh, has been published uh, and we can see quite a lot of. Uh, dynamism around uh, Universal Genève these days. So the timing is quite funny considering we've been, we had this project in the pipe for the past two years. Mm. Uh, but now if, I think it's a project big enough to say that uh, we are, and it's very exciting because we feel that we are writing relevant pages of the watchmaking history by bringing finally Universal Genève uh, back to life. Uh, and we plan to do it in a really epic way.
2: Sylvain, what is your role going to be? Obviously, you're the designer for Breitling, really, the, the, the head of it. Are you going to uh, automatically acquire this role uh, for U- Universal Genève? Or is it sort of a different type of team? I'm just curious what your uh, role in all this is going to be.
0: So uh, until the deal was made, uh, I was the, the, my role was the romantic uh, guy wishing that we could get universal genève but you know as you you guys say in the states be careful of what you wish for <laughs> <laughs> uh, it actually happened uh george and i have been working together for 10 years we have this very intuitive way of working so this is a startup uh for the record i've presented to george uh, a few months back a 10-year product plan for ug oh wow uh, that we validated so uh we know what we will
3: incredible to do
0: until 2033 already uh and if we can achieve this product plan i think uh all the people involved in this project could be very proud because it would be not only restoring ug to its former glory but also adding on um you know because the brand stopped functioning at a point where technology was not so so uh, efficient and and there were many things that UG couldn't do back then uh, i think the first stage is of course to prove that we are worth uh, taking ug i think this is very important uh, in terms of brand identity uh, but it's not about copy pasting all designs uh, either. so we also want to uh, like we did for Brightling, uh, bring relevance back to the brand and make sure we create products that are uh, relevant with today's society.
1: Exciting. So when's day one start? Have you already got stuff on the, the drawing table? When are we going to see something brand new from the brand? Yeah,'ve we, we've,
0: we've hired people. I, I spend uh, most of my summer uh, hiring a handful of people for, for UG. Uh, long discussions, uh, precise profiles to find. So, so we've now built a, a small startup uh, sort of team uh, in order to, you know, that, that includes uh, product marketing, product heritage, product design, Movement development, casing development. So we have this talent in house now. Mm-hmm. This project will be incubated uh, within the Brightling infrastructure. Although we're going to operate on a separate uh, PNL, so so administrative uh, structure
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: be- before uh, UG finally launches and and becomes its own company.
1: And in terms of the movement, and like, is there going to be an immediate crossover of like the B one is going to be used in. Universal Genève product, or is it going to be an entirely different? I'm guessing it's going to be totally different, uh, a different no, line. It, and and
0: that's the thing, and that was the main difficulty of this entire discussion because mm. uh, buying this brand was already very expensive. Mm. Uh, you know, the days where, for example, you could acquire a blancpain for twenty thousand Swiss francs, which Jean-Claude likes to to uh, <laughs> uh, tell about, these days are are long gone. You know, this was half a century ago ug uh, universal geneve is a very appreciated brand uh still very active especially in the vintage market you have the pole routers the compacts the three compacts uh cabriolet all these uh, pieces are heavily liked and traded still so it is a brand that has still a lot of residual value if you activity, like
2: activity a lot of activity
0: uh, yes exactly um So acquiring the brand was already a challenge. Uh, But to make it even more complicated, I always told, uh, Fred and I were telling George and and Partners Group that buying UG is one thing, but you have to spend another bulk of of money on top if you want to do it properly, because this brand cannot afford to use uh, third-party movements. Mm. So from day one, I always said, if you want to do it, it's like Bugatti. Bugatti cannot afford to use any movement from somebody, any uh, engine, sorry, from from another car brand, Uh, because it's one of these brands that, you know, they pioneered the micro rotor and everything. If you want to do it properly, you have to make uh, other movements or new movements. And this is where uh, it becomes a much more heavy and, and complex endeavor. Because as you guys know, making new calibers is, is a heavy industrial process.
2: Let me make an observation here. I think that George Kern made a very strong decision to increase the uh, the, the value of the group. Um, he's trying to create something which is desirable. He knows that the more he invests in unique parts, movement, cases, uh, different models, the more desirable it's going to be because someone like Sylvan is going to not allow for them to be stupid, undesirable things. So he's not trying to uh, make a profit in sales in an immediate time. What he's trying to do is increase the desirability and therefore the value of the group that he now has. That's that's what I feel is happening.
0: Yeah, yeah, precisely. And 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 the good news is, this is why I work for George. For example, uh, I've been uh, caught on interviews and then camera and everything, saying that it is very. Uh, hard and intense to work with him because he's somebody who has such an intensity Ah, el and david and rick you you all all of you met mm-hmm. george he, he's not somebody that you can snooze on, on uh, when he makes your request right you, you have to act and you have to keep the ball rolling at a quite fast pace which is extremely physically and mentally demanding but he's the one and only guy i know in the industry where you can tell him Hey, George, how about we acquire UG? And guess what? It takes him a couple of years and he makes it happen. And I was, I was, uh, so we talked about it for a while. Then we didn't talk about it. And, and one day he called me again and said, Oh, by the way, I didn't forget about that. And I'm working on it. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm was like, yeah, I'm working on acquiring UG. I'm like, and he says, i fly to Asia next week. And I plan some meetings and I will do what it takes to to make it happen. I could not believe it. I was like, frankly, I should say this on on record, for six months, he kept talking about it, and I was saying, yeah, yeah, you know, like, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, if you because even I didn't believe in it. This is how, uh, you know, persuasive and and intense he can be. You know, Mm -hmm. he can go visit these guys and convince them that not only we have the, the financial mass to acquire the brand, but we also have the vision and the resources to, to make it, to bring it back to, to it, to its former glory. So it is, uh, yeah, I, I think with this move, uh, so George not only built IWC, uh, he rebuilt Breitling. Now he acquired the universal Genève. Um, if we can, um, uh, realize the, the very ambitious product plan we have for the next 10 years uh, i think that will bring him to to uh, jean-claude be a mm-hmm. kind of status in my opinion
1: do you expect the route to market to be the same as breitling in that you'll be able to go into a breitling boutique and also buy a universal geneve or is it going to be third-party retailers bigger groups as a real high end luxury thing? Like, is there a, is there, a, I'm sure it would develop over the years, but is there an initial route to where am I going to be able to buy my first Universal Geneva? Because obviously Georges can build a, a route to market exactly as he wants because there isn't an existing one. There's no one existing to upset in terms of third parties or, or mono brands.
0: Yeah, so there is everything to build. Uh, at the moment, in my scope, it is not very clear what the distribution will be. Mm-hmm. The, the the thing is, uh, obviously, through Breitling, we are very well collected to, connected sorry, with the most uh, established uh, retailers uh, on, on the planet. And I think George and Nassé will together find the right distributions that they want to do. Uh, UG was... Uh, a brand that was retailed through various retailers. So I don't think I don't see why we could not uh, be retailed again, and I don't see why we could not have our own boutiques. Time will tell. Uh, on my scope, what I'm heavily involved in is the the, the brand identity and and the, the relevance. If you want, my my main focus is to make sure whatever we do is extremely relevant for the brand. Yeah. Uh, and I know it's easy to say in my seat because I apply some sort of the Bernard mindset. I say no matter what it takes, we need to 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 tick these boxes, sort of, in order to make sure the product meets the the, the expectations we have for it. Uh, and not only they acquired the brand, but they agreed to make new movements. Yeah. So I, I have this product plan. I have this movement plan. Uh, We've. Uh, I hired people in order to do it, and, and, and it's a very exciting project. Uh, I can't wait to, to show you guys what we have in the pipe, and, and we're going to have, if we can achieve the product plan, I can guarantee you for six years in a row, you, we're going to sort of break, the, break the, the house or break the, the internet uh-huh. two times a year. Cool. And that would be mega. <laughs>
2: what was your strategy? Was it to basically remake the old stuff or to somehow take the spirit of the brand and make new stuff?
0: So, to, to me, uh, remake the old stuff is strictly forbidden uh, for two reasons. First, I, I like to believe that the story doesn't repeat itself. So, it's not because something has been successful that it will be again uh, in the same exact carbon copy. But nonetheless, there would it would be completely pointless to acquire a brand like UG if you would not capitalize on on the on the love that there is on the market and everything. So of course we're gonna uh, revive uh, the not only the names but the flair of the product and everything. But it will never be an exact copy. Uh, and if you have a, a vintage uh, Tree compacts or Paul router or whatever it may be, and the new product, there should be a clear step ahead not only in technique in finishing in, in design everything so that you know okay i have the, the the vintage one and i have the new one as well but these two pieces should talk to each other and it should not be a, a diluted design type dna or cheap techniques yeah.
2: super excited super excited i guess we won't push you for more
3: <laughs> flare is a good word uh for universal genev uh anyway i you know when i whenever i look at those uh those watches you know shopping around or whatever uh, they do have flair. They are not the mm. super safe kind of watches. But like, uh, you know, some of them are minimalistic in a way. But they do exemplify from the 40s, 50s, 60s even. All the flair that you could expect, reasonably expect from watches of those of that period, right? So there's so much to work with. And uh, I'm so happy. And if you look at what Breitling has been doing, they are not relaunching carbon copies of like old Navitimers timers and whatever else. Sure, you can find a limited edition here and there that are very close are closely inspired but the movements will be you know super modern the presentation the size whatever else uh most of the time are heavily inspired but in a in a, in a way that is meaningful but not uh boring like so many of the other watches i've been protesting against in the industry where it's just like <laughs> uh heritage anniversary tradition whatever nonsense and then it's just the same boring you know stuff so that's a relief to hear sylvan that's that's really amazing
1: Although talking of that, does Bre- now this means that Breitling now has a Genta link? Did Breitling previously have a Gérald Genta design link? I don't know.
0: No, Gérald Genta hasn't been involved in in, in Breitling designs. Mm. Uh, and true, Universal Genève, uh, It is true that Janta has been involved in drawing the the pole route. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, cool. There we go. So uh, the whole the whole story. Well, thanks Sylvain for speaking to us about it. Uh, and yeah, really looking forward to. It. Are, are we likely to see something kind of watches and wonders twenty twenty four? Like when do we think we'll see a see a product?
0: Uh, too early to say, uh at, uh, at the moment. I think we let's stick to the business news for today, <laughs> and, and I'm sure we'll have plenty I'm of sure occasions to, to see you guys because we'd like to, to show you products up front and stuff. everything. So, we, we're gonna have great opportunities to discuss this in further details.
1: Excellent, look forward to it. Right, let's uh, let's get your opinion and Ariel and David's opinion on some other watches. First up, the Gelfman IN16 Nixie Tubes. This is could be, I don't think anything could be more different than a Universal Geneve discussion than this. Ariel, you had the joy, which I suspect it was for you, knowing what you like and watches, of reviewing this and getting a hands on with it. Oh, yeah. Tell us what a Nixie Tube is, first of all, for those that maybe aren't aware or haven't
2: seen the article. A Nixie Tube, I think, originally came out in like the 1950s. And it's basically a fancy light bulb, but the filament inside there's multiple filaments for each of the numbers, um, and so you can you can you can have it uh, each of them light up, so we can actually tell a digit. And you had a bunch of Nixie tubes together, you could have long numeric digital readouts, and these were uh, popular and used prior to computer screens. And because they're light bulbs, they glow and they're beautiful, and they came in all these different shapes and sizes. And some of them are small enough to be. Used maybe on a wristwatch. And for a number of years, there were like these nerdy project watches with Nixie tubes. Um, Steve Wozniak, co-founder of Apple, was famous for wearing (laughs) one uh, for a while. But they were never really incorporated in a luxury sense outside of clocks and things like that. And so um, Ilya Gelfman, uh, the namesake of the brand, uh, decided to engage on this long-term project that he embarked on more than a decade ago to make this watch and i'd seen him a bunch of times while he has prototypes and testing this out and that out um so i've been sort of aware of this project for a long time and if you're a science fiction person or a gadget lover or loves anything from hollywood uh you know science fiction you're just you're gonna love this thing it's definitely mm. polarizing as you said but it it's Probably the best execution, not the cheapest, but the best execution of this sort of Nixie Tube theme on the wrist um, from someone who's a real... Serious watch enthusiast and collector, um, and these are real Soviet era USSR Nixie tubes, and uh, this individual has stockpiled a lot of them, so he's able to do something like that he's not like buying these from some other random place. Like he acquired a bunch uh, himself, um, and this is a this is a pretty refined product. You you stick it in your computer pretty easily, where you can charge it or adjust the settings at the time. Um, it has one of those um accelerometer features where you lift it up and it it you know the display will light and you can adjust the parameters like how long it goes on and there's even an LED backlighting you can mess with so um I just can't see people who are into this uh buying this and not having a lot of fun with it
1: yeah No, it's very cool. Is that the size they come in? Like, is it just one of these things you can't make a Nixie tube smaller than this?
2: They are smaller ones. In fact, the the preference was for the larger ones because it makes sort of a statement. So the IN16 is actually the designation of the size. That's the name of the tube. So it's specifically saying Mm -hmm. like for these tubes in the future, the company could make ones with variety of different tubes. There are definitely smaller ones.
1: Right. Okay. Sylvan, is this something that you could ever have designed?
2: Um,
0: I, I like I like the design very much. I think it's, it's cool. It's, uh, these are cool pieces. Uh, obviously, the, the movement and the technology taking so much part, I think it, it heavily compromises the, the ergonomics. But otherwise, I like the vibe, and I think it's a very cool product.
3: David? Yeah, I want some Nixie tubes in my life. Every time I go someplace yeah. and they have like clocks or something on, on display with Nixie tubes, and I actually saw this watch in early prototype some years ago, maybe a year or two ago, I'm I was I, I'm always amused. I'm not sure how often I would want to wear it just given the size. I mean, it's 20.5 millimeters thick. uh. But it's it's so charming and so cool in so many ways that, um yeah, I would love to have one of these. It's like eight grand though.
1: Yeah, it is one of these things that you see them either in the clock form or in the watch form. You go, that's so cool. And then you look at the price and you go, it, it's not that cool. But it is, but it isn't.
2: But yeah, but is. like if it had like a you know a seventy-seven fifty, and it would be like, well, it's kind of pricey, but okay. Like, <laughs> yes, I true. think I yeah, think yes, exactly. people are coming It'd be just as thick as
1: well. <laughs> just the
2: wrong <laughs> yeah. mentality. It it is comfortable. It's about as small as it needs to be. It's mm. far mm-hmm. sexier than the other Nixie Tube watches on the market. Just look at any That's other Nixie real. Tube watch on the market. It is luxury made in terms of the case and stuff like that. It is a limited oh, yeah. edition. Um, I, I, I'm just saying, like I, I, can't see someone who's into luxury watches say getting it and being like, "Damn, this is overpriced." Like it just, it isn't compared to what they're used to spending. Um, is yeah. the company making some money on it? Sure, but I don't think anyone else could come in the market and significantly undercut them at this quality and low volume of production. Mm.
3: Mm. No, no, this it, case it, is just fantastic. To be honest, I mean, it, it looks bespoke. It's uh, you know different finishes, the whole like design and execution and all the rest of it. If it had at twenty-eight, twenty-four inside. I would still be like on the verge of dropping eight grand just for the case. But it has freaking Nixie tubes in it, right? So that's it's a whole another story.
1: Well, it is worth going to the comment section to see the video clip from the Steve Jobs movie where Wozniak presents his Nixie tube watch to. Oh, is that a scene? That overs- yeah, it's a scene. So oh, really? I didn't fr- even it's know from that. from the film. That's from the film where he presents his uh, next-inch watch to Steve Jobs, you know, the eventual oh. creator of the Apple Watch. <laughs> so you can you can imagine how that conversation went in real life. David, me and you got to see a particularly shiny uh, Bulgari a couple of years ago, and I know mm-hmm. for both of us, I think it was our watch of the year, should we be inclined to give such awards. It certainly was, a, a you know, yeah, a highlight of my watch year. Now we have oh, Zenith the zenith yes. defy extreme and mirror watch same stable but is it giving you the same feelings as the as the bulgari so
3: much so that i reached out to zenith and they're sending me one just to be, <laughs> just to be sure <laughs> honestly it's, it's probably already in the mail or something because oh, I, okay. I desperately want one of these yeah uh, i mean it's huge and it's twenty six thousand dollars, but it's all all mirror polished which is cool it's another LVMH brand, so maybe they found mm. someone who knows how to operate the polishing machine in you know, a 24-7. <laughs> <laughs> just basically with their eyes closed. I mean, you could just stick this into it. No, of course that's not how it works. I mean, there's a lot of effort into making this like an even uh even finish. I'm looking forward to seeing how good it actually is. Uh it's a lot of fun. I mean it's over the top, but I you know, I think over the top watches have always suited Zenith quite well i just encountered a not of era monstrosity the other day and uh, you know it's it's so bad that it's good um hmm. i think this one the defy extreme mirror is just good it's just plain good um yeah. so yeah it's part of the brand i guess
1: well there's uh in the comment section catnip everly quotes confucius by saying if one can't see the cameraman's reflection on the watch is it really a mirror watch so <laughs> van is this really a mirror watch I think it is, yes, of course. And then and I agree with David. The exuberance
0: you get from these fully polished watches are, are very cool. Uh, it has to be said that you have to wear them very carefully. Uh, I recently met a uh, Auro who has one of these fully polished uh, Octo Finissimos. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he wore it extensively. And let's put it this way, it was not as polished <laughs> as it used to be. Oh, <laughs> damn.
1: Is it that's a Sujima edition so is it a bit like the what's the the cyber truck that everyone's saying it's mm-hmm. this kind of polished stainless steel <laughs> just it just picks up every conceivable scratch do you, you get two Alice? watches
3: for the price of one I mean you buy a polished
1: one and then you end up with a brushed one I mean how how is that a bad thing <laughs> it just just takes its time to get there <laughs> yeah like self polishing
2: mm. uh, Ariel what do you think oh I'm into this thing I mean this uh-huh. is what I like about this is it's showy without really expl- like being obviously showy. Like it is visually obviously showy, but no one can be like, "Oh, it's too much diamonds." No, it's not. They're like, oh, "It's just a polished piece of metal, man." Uh, so it like it gets away with being unbelievably eye catching, but also mm-hmm. a tool that just confuses the mind. It's like so much shine, yet so utilitarian. You know, it's it it has that kind of struggle, and I think that's why we like it.
1: Yeah, well, it's a shine, but still got a Velcro strap on it. Yeah, there you
2: go. Can
1: it be justified as being twice the price of the Sejima Bulgari? Really? So the Sejima Edition Bulgari is 14 grand, and this is 26. A lot
2: more polishing?
3: I don't know. (laughs) No. I mean, it's twice as thick, so basically twice as
1: much polish.
2: It's polishing.
3: That's totally not how it works. But actually, I figured out, (laughs) I've been looking at this watch for a long time, and they published it with, like, the watch floating in the desert somewhere, Mm -hmm. um, reflecting all kinds of things. And, you know, when you get that hunch that it reminds you of something, but you can't figure out quite what it is, so I looked at it again and now it ticked that it's the uh desert scene uh from the movie seven. Uh which is not not <laughs> not a relieving thing at all. But I, I looked at it and I was like, Don't this open
1: is- the zenith box!
3: Don't open the zenith <laughs> it's box.
1: It's so shiny, I
3: have to open it.
1: Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, DDV. So yeah, what what I think I it hmm, Maybe it's the photography. Uh it just is it possible to say that it the shininess looks different than the Bulgari? Mm, it, I, I don't maybe. know why it just doesn't it just doesn't look quite as sophisticated for some reason i have no idea why cuz if a thing's shiny presumably a thing's shiny i mean the base <laughs> oh,
2: watch is not as sophisticated as the Bulgari, no, let's be honest
1: no true uh uh, maybe it's just the way this, the the bracelets done, but it, it does look uber cool. I have no idea how they justify charging twenty six grand for it, but there I we feel go. like that it's is-
2: good for. Uh, people in the farming community because we want it naturally scare (laughs) off birds or something. That's right. We'll just apply it to the
1: world's most expensive scarecrows. So down the farm, I mean, Zenith, if you want to send me one, you've sent one to David. I don't see why you wouldn't send one to me that spends most of his time outside on heavy equipment. I think this is the perfect watch for me to wear. I promise I'll return (laughs) it without a single scratch. Actually, David, how on earth are you going to do anything with this watch? You're going to be absolutely petrified of putting a scratch on it. His shirt's going going to be made out
2: of of a polishing cloth
1: it's not like you're gonna be able to go and try it outside and like oh, i'll just go down to burger king and see what kind of reaction this watch gets
3: <laughs> i have a polishing machine i think you know i can get away with a bit of like extra polishing here. <laughs> no one will notice. take some microns off it here and there uh, TV. Um, yeah yeah sylvan i i wonder what what do you think about brands stretching into such exercises that i think many in the audience can be reasonably expected to find tasteless um, <laughs> this is it something that brands should be because i celebrate these things but i wonder what you think as a
1: designer so van what's the most tasteless thing you've ever done in watch That's design it's
2: so subjective <laughs> let him answer
1: my question first and then you are just...
2: <laughs>
0: overall i think it's always good when a brand tries new things that, that i should mention because especially in the watch industry we tend to be so conservative and so uh, locked into you know the previous models that we like i think every brand should be uploaded for trying new things uh and then when it comes to to taste uh when i see this this watch if we talk about the, the zenith mirror i think it, it meets the, the technical and some sort of sophisticated approach of Zenith. So, so I don't think it is completely off the, the, uh, the park,
1: so to speak. Okay, cool. I don't know. I'm, I don't even know why I'm going to bother trying to pronounce this. New release, Hermes Arco Bell. Uh, can somebody who can speak French or s- something other than Scots pronounce the, uh, the name of this new Hermes Arco Bell du Mexique? Me- mexic watch basically it's the mexican watch with the uh, ladies spinning around on it anyone else want to have a go at pronouncing it no yes <laughs> that I could. it's called an arzo arzo Ar- Ar- so.
2: okay. is it with a k so, or a c so. not what i would have guessed
0: it, it, it it's a c so so in in, in french we call it an hermes arso belle du Mexique. it means uh, a is is the round things that you use in gymnastics. You know the rings you you uh, you, you hold against. Okay,
2: mm-hmm.
3: so that's
0: a, a, a Narto Or and belle du Mexique means the 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 beautiful. We don't know what it could be. The beautiful girls or the beautiful mountains or the beautiful whatever okay. from Mexico. Well, so.
1: I, I raise this watch purely because uh, a number of weeks ago we put out the challenge having uh, reviewed another mexican watch with a skull on it themed watch and we put the challenge of can somebody produce a watch that doesn't use the trope of you know the death theme for mexico and this watch from hermes has done that because it's got mexican dancers on it so there you go i don't really have much else to say about the watch but I just thought it was interesting that somebody had actually managed to come up with a Mexican watch that didn't have to have a skull or some sort of Halloween vibe going on about it. Uh, what do we actually think of the watch? I mean, I I feel not really able to review this watch terribly well. It's very nice.
2: Like none of us are the target audience for this thing. Like, I, not I, really, if I saw really. if I saw someone wearing it, I wouldn't be like the hell is that i'd be like oh cool it's someone actually bought one of those hand-painted you know uh dials good you know good for them like that's that would be my reaction
1: well it can be yours for seventy thousand dollars. (laughs) uh so yeah go and check out that if you wish okay we played at the beginning of the show the guess what sylvan's got to tell us it would seem only appropriate to give sylvan the chance to play guess the price of the seiko and this week it is something from grand seiko Grand Seiko Heritage 62GS watches of Switzerland Group exclusive. So these are exclusive, everybody. So let's think what that might do to the price. So it's a Grand Seiko. Seven thousand dollars. I don't think what <laughs> gonna... <laughs> you're just having. You're not, even, a... <laughs> not even, you're not even waiting for no, what to it is. No, I take this seriously, Ariel. Come on, i this this yeah. <laughs> like <this> <laughs> Switzerland. And
2: I'm thinking seven thousand
1: There are people <laughs> who care. So it's a 62GS. 100 meters water resistant zeratsu polishing it's it's a shiny watch uh 36005 hertz movement 9s 85 high beat 55 hours power reserve Mm. there is a purple one a green one and a black one i think one of them is limited edition if i remember correctly i think the black one's 200 pieces have a guess. So, Ariel, you're guessing $7,000. Ooh. Sylvan, I heard, when, hi- I heard higher. Hide,
2: when I hear high Beat, ooh, I'm be Do off. you wish
1: to change? Do you wish to. I can't you, now. Can't yeah. now. Sylvan, higher or lower than $7,000? I would say slightly lower. I would guess around six G's. Six. David. I will slap uh, high Beat, watch the citizen and tax on it and say nine. Nine. Uh, Ari, we, we made a promise a few weeks ago that if Ariel managed to get three in a row right, that we'd stop playing this game. Oh, okay. Uh, Ari, uh, he's not quite though. It's six thousand nine hundred dollars, so okay. we'll continue to play with this with game. That's fine. <laughs> seven with a tip. <laughs> uh, I think this is okay for seven grand. Very How nice. Big is the case again? Uh, how many it, it dixie it tubes is. does this have zero <laughs> there no next tubes <laughs> if it's not got a nixie tube we're not interested i'm no longer interested i think this looks like a it's a 21 millimeter lug to lug 40 mil it looks like yeah 40 mil 47 and how are these overall. watches
2: any different than anything else grand saco has made i'm asking seriously it's not uh, supposed to be different oh that's the point That's just,
3: just like just buy your watch from, from, from us. us that's that's the message <laughs> i mean but they I literally like the they
2: can they can have a watch called the grand seiko and everyone would know what they're talking about <laughs> good
1: <laughs> uh, I, I quite i quite like these quite like these i uh, uh, sylvan what do you think of you know you're obviously you know steeped in the design aesthetic from switzerland and that kind of area of watch design. What do you make of the Japanese design aesthetic? Like, how do you interpret it? What do you What do you think they bring to the show that the Swiss don't bring?
0: Overall, I find Japanese culture extremely delicate and subtle. Uh, whether it is in the food, in the architecture, in in the ways they interact with each other, it is. Uh, Cultures that I really enjoy, same as the Italian culture, for example, they have a lot of. Uh, you definitely find uh, some sort of a signature in the in the Japanese culture, um, for the ones who appreciate the the things not so obvious, I would say. Mm. Uh, so so once you understand what they meant, and and how they translated it into a product, then you can fully appreciate it. Then of course, if if you have the The jungle approach that Ariel very often uh, refers to, then I think Grand Seiko is not a a brand that you would uh, go for naturally because he doesn't have the exuberance that some of the luxury products uh, needs to have in order to sell. But overall, I think Japanese design architecture is spot on, very subtle, very cool
1: splendid well
2: i still don't know if there's an answer to that (laughs) 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 how is this grand sego different than any other grand sego i just i want to know if someone goes and watches switzerland is like other than this being sold here how is this different than another one and i think that's increasingly the problem like when there's like a new brightling that comes out i'm like oh i recognize that's not already in their collection i have that problem with almost every grand sego
0: hmm Mhm. Ah, yeah, you mean in the in the fact that it tends to be extremely repetitive and, and It's yeah. so
2: derivative. It, I mean like it, yeah. if if there wasn't that little label that said new, you you could have fooled me.
0: Mhm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, true. I see what you mean. I really like the they've done an open dial skeletonized beyond watch a few years back. I don't remember the, code, the name, the Codo. but that thing was Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. That, yeah, that thing was, cool. was stellar. That's and fire. I wish, I wish, I, if I was uh, in the management at Grand Seiko, I would actually extract some DNA from that product and then bring it into more accessible products. You mean not
2: actually. their unwearable chronographs? Uh, <laughs> no, this no, one. No, so, if so no, no, so no, no,
3: something is not derivative, then it's unwearable. You know, so no, which no, one no, you no,
2: no, not, not David's <laughs> generation. The, you remember the sport <laughs> ones that came later that were literally so big.
3: Mm, yes. Yes. I know what you mean. You remember yeah, those super with sharp, the, the bolt on ceramic parts and something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> it was like, it, it, I mean, when we wear it, we're like, this is so big. I
3: no idea. <laughs> there was this computer game in the early 2000s, maybe late 90s, called late 90s. Actually, it was called Shogo. And you, you were like a little character that could jump into these gigantic robots and just flyer like, fire like blue pulses of like matter at like stuff and just blow everything up. We were talking about late 90s graphics and stuff and it was so over the top with the Japanese rock music and just jumping around with like, Robots the sizes of buildings and skyscrapers and stuff like that. And that is the game I always think of when I think of those freaking Grand Seiko chronographs that were too large to wear. Um, and because I like that game, I feel like... I'm They're for the robots, I get it. To it. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: for the robots, yes. <laughs>
1: Oh, well. Oh, well, there'll be a limited, <clears throat> they'll be they'll be a limited edition pastiche of it along shortly from G-Shock or somebody, no we, Look,
2: we give G-Shock... we G-Shock. We give Grand Seiko a hard time because we have high expectations of it. Like, what we know they can do, mm. what we like them for, is is a, a very specialized thing, as Sylvan said, a very sort of nuanced subtlety that they get right. Um, but they're, they're creating a, a pastiche of themselves, and it is funny. So they've mm. asked for us to pay very close attention to what they do, and now that we have, we're recognizing that in their desire to grow – they're stumbling over themselves a little bit. And for brands that try to exude the sale of perfection, I think we have a right to laugh at every little misstep they do, especially when they <laughs> ask for so much money for their products.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Right, let's uh, bring the show in for a landing. We're going to play a quick couple of rounds of miss, maybe. So first up, keep your comments short, is the Formex Baby Reef 13 13- Thirty-nine point five millimeter automatic watch. I love the Reef, but this is uh, the best, and uh, maybe thirty-nine point five millimeters is no size for a dive watch. That's not dive watch size. Ariel, what, what do, do you, you, you mean?
2: I saw <laughs> this. I,
1: it needs to be bigger than that. Why were you making a small one for? The big one was fine. They already made a big one. Yeah, I know. So just keep <laughs> making the big one.
2: Uh, what do you need to make? a, we're making a
1: junior one for robots. Ario. <laughs> <Audio. laughs>
2: oh, uh, I saw this watch. Um, mm-hmm. It is in principle okay, but the decision they made to go with the wider bracelet just screws up the proportions. Yes. So I, I think that, again, I don't really know all the details in the background, but like I'm happier that the bigger one exists. I have no problem with there being a smaller one, but the proportions need to be good, no matter the dimensions. And this one, the proportions are just off. So this is n- not 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 the best thing uh, that they offer right now, in my opinion. Okay, so we'll give you a maybe for that, but no, but it's it's I, a miss. It's a miss. I like, I, the reef, the, I like the reef, and I like yeah. The proportions cool. are off. Maybe if you put it on a smaller strap, yeah. then that could be fine. But they would really have to taper. It's those wide lugs. It's the twenty-two millimeter wide lugs. It's most of the it's, the diameter. It's
1: the same, is it not? It's basically the same strap.
2: It's the same exact one. It's the larger one. From the big
1: one. It's just they've put a smaller watch face on it. So yeah, they,
2: they didn't want to make it too complicated for the retailers or whatever, but it ended up with this strange Frankenstein thing. Yeah. So Van, hit Miss maybe?
1: Uh, for me, it's a miss, unfortunately, as
0: well. Uh, I agree with uh, Ariel. I think the proportion is a bit funky, but mostly I'm not sure if this meets the diving standards simply because when the minute hand covers the hour, you cannot see where the hour hand is, mm-hmm. and therefore uh, I have problems with dive watches that do not fulfill the base requirements of diving, mm-hmm. but that's my take my on it.
3: Purist, David. David. I like this. I think this is a hit. I I see what you're saying with regards to proportions. Um, I quite like this one though for some reason. Another mm. two
1: grand. I think this is, this is fine. Yeah, I like it. Cool. Well, David, we're going to give you the first hit miss maybe on this. The blinged out Hublot square bang Unico watch. Surely, with all uh, these diamonds, uh, it's a hit.
3: Biggest hit ever. I mean, it's as graceful <laughs> as a donut set with diamonds. It's it's re- or a burger uh, with diamonds on it um it's large it's square it's over the top but you know anything that has freaking you know where you can't really see the case it's just diamonds i'm sold
1: <laughs> yeah i've got to say i i shouldn't like this but i do I, I love this one it's so brilliant. good so good not, not with the brilliant cut ones no give me the no, don't, don't ones. Give, no. that's right. go away you brilliant cut where <laughs> yeah 400k oh my goodness <laughs> that's right sylvan so or more diamonds better.
0: Yes, in that style of execution, I would also say it's a hit. You have the complete baroque slash brutalist approach mm-hmm. to this. It's very over the top. It it fulfills the its mission. I would say very nicely.
1: Yeah. Uh, ariel does it fulfill however many hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of <laughs> <laughs> mission it's, for you?
2: It's the diamond decorated skeletonized dial Carde Santos I've always wanted. Yes, actually, that's a good point. It is
1: very yes, it is. Yeah, actually, that's a very good point. <laughs> put this beside a Santos, and the only difference is this has got a USB port on it. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> we go. Uh, anyway. It doesn't look right, any better than that. I, I, it would only have been better had they managed to put a diamond over the USB port on this Uplo, but that was clearly the one bit of real estate they couldn't actually get to work with a diamond on it. Right, finally... Hands-on, the Nomos Club 703.1 watch. I think I finally found a Nomos that I like. This is a hit. I It's too small, but I'm going to grant it that it's okay. But I really like this. Anybody else agree? Is that a hit for any of you guys? Yeah, I like the club. I think it's great. It's
3: one of the few Nomos I, I genuinely like and would consider mm-hmm. getting. Cool, cool.
1: Ariel.
2: it's oh. a bit small for me but like it's a thumbs up to get as a gift like this is the easiest watch to suggest as a gift like you know yeah. that that teenager is gonna love it
1: yeah and it's you know it's 1500 dollars. you're getting some reasonably serious watch chops for 1500 quid on an almost like this i think sylvan what do you think
0: yeah yeah, yeah, I agree the same. I think Nomos is a fantastic entry-level brand for any watch enthusiast you get to experience uh, craftsmanship and and, and house design and everything. Uh, I'm all up for Nomos initiatives in general. It's,
2: it's just not enough stuff. Brutalist for me. <laughs> more concrete. <laughs> more concrete. diamonds, <laughs> more baguette diamonds than that Nomos.
3: Brutal house.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That is us for this week. Let's find out what everybody's doing. Sylvain, are you busy drawing new Universal Genèves? for the rest of the week
0: yeah i have to cope with the fact that i have three brands to handle now so, <laughs> so that will take me a while to realize but that's the story but very excited nonetheless uh, three amazing brands which i should judge myself mm. too and let you guys judge a certain one but uh, yeah a lot of work ahead very happy very
1: excited and thank you for having me on the show no thank you for coming ariel what are you up to next week
2: um, I'm going to be processing this crazy news about Universal Geneva. Uh That's something that uh, I think we're all very excited about. And again, thank you, Sylvan for coming and talking about that in the background and launching it here with us. Um, I am finally home for a few weeks, so I have literally hundreds of watches to go through. I've got a lot of backup um, that I'm trying to uh, get published, so there's going to be a lot of great hands-on articles. And um, that's how I'll get through the holiday time.
1: Yeah, I have noticed that there's been somewhat of an uptick in the number of articles you're putting on the website. Are you are you just doing one a day at the moment? Have you got that at much least of a backlog? One a day. Is at right? least oh,
2: I have high, I mean, it's it's not a, it's not something that I personally put off. I decided to take on a bunch of things that other people I was under the impression were gonna handle, and now it's like, well, Ariel needs to do it. So this wasn't like I was <laughs>
1: Whoa, lagging. Poor company owner. What a shame
2: wah,
1: wah. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> David what are you up to for next week uh, I'll be just
3: pushing my nose against the window waiting for the postman <laughs> to arrive with my defy mirror for the week
1: Cool, <laughs> that's me I want to see lots of angles of you not being able to not like have yourself reflected in it what when i see some really bad photography of this as well as some really good photography the, the things that like the outtakes the things that went wrong in terms of the oh, yeah. photography of this so when it's anyway, just, that's just the shining light just
3: you know just all burned out like the yes. sensor needs to replacing stuff like that i mean it's a, it's a warranty issue i mean this is like a threat <laughs> To any camera, basically.
1: <laughs> Good stuff. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, thank you, Sylvan, for coming on the show. That was really great to hear from you. Thank you for sharing the news with us. We will see you all again or speak to you all again
2: next week. Goodbye. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.